Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. Tom, welcome to the Ocean Protect podcast. Who is this Tom Hickman, who I've only met on WhatsApp, who's (laughs) just organising basically these events to put people through hell (laughs) to raise money for uh, local charities and fundraising? Give us a 101, mate. Who's Tom Hickman? It is interesting to have ended up running a social enterprise that where people pay to, to kind of run across islands and, and up mountains. What, do we do we have to pay? <laughs> no one told me that. <laughs> yeah, it's in a small print. <laughs> we, we, we keep it quite well hidden. I moved to Bali in 2014 uh, just for a two-month holiday, which is a bit of a cliche since I've ended up being there most of the last five years. So, oh, wow. you know, typical, typical expat got involved in different projects. I was I came from a consulting background in London and just fancy the change of scene. So yeah, I was having a you know, great time in Bali and um, really enjoying it and and obviously enjoying the differences from the UK where I'm from. And you know, two, three years in I just thought, okay, I've got to I've got to start doing something that gives something back to the island because as an expat you're just living a super privileged existence. So I, I, I kind of got into running and I, I came out with a hairbrained idea to try and run across the island back in just over two years ago. So I attempted to run from the north coast of Bali to the south coast, which is 52 miles, 84k. So that happened a couple of years ago and I raised a decent amount of money for a local charity. And on the back of it, uh, I thought, okay, let's do that again with some more people. Um, And that happened May 18, you know, helping kids into school. And, I, and when I was planning that event, uh, obviously the plastics issue was more and more present. And in Bali, it's, it's really in your face because there's just not the infrastructure to to collect it and manage it. So I just thought as an individual, you know, you can stop using plastic bottles and you can do little, little bits and pieces. But I thought, let's try and do a Bali Hope event, which was the brand I came up with for my events for the plastics issue. So with the charity partner, we just, you know, I, I knew these two islands where, where they were working. So I thought, let's try and do a swim-run event that raises some money for a local uh, recycling project. And, um, yeah, that happened. The first one happened last December, the first body swim-run. So mm. building on that, yeah. 
So basically, it's your fault that I'm <laughs> on my birthday, yeah. December the twelfth, which is my birthday. I'm going to be slugging out for what forty kilometres and forty kilometres and what three kilometres of running. So it's your fault. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, yeah. I we, think I think I'll, spl- I'll, I'll split the blame with Brad because obviously <laughs> Brad, this is like a training, it's like a little training exercise. But but um, the rest of it, it's yeah, it's a decent sized challenge. So yeah, but definitely give me half the blame and, and half the. Well, we haven't talked about that yet, so obviously I've done a very brief introduction to Tom, but uh, Jeremy and I will be competing in your Bali Hope Swim Run event in December. Com- competing is <laughs> the word, you know, competing. And um, look, uh, obviously we're very, very excited uh, about it, uh, and it's essentially, I guess, three months to the day until we compete. I'll say the word compete. Well, well <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. Is it true, Tom, that I'm actually tied to him for the entire race? Yeah. You've got someone to pull you around. Um, oh. I can't think of anyone better. Looking at, looking at Brad, <laughs> <laughs> Ultraman. Oh, good looking. <laughs> oh. No, that, that's all. I'm going to bring some floaties, and then he's going to tow me basically <laughs> for the whole time. And uh, Jeremy's been talking a big game about his training campaign for ever since we signed up, and I think we signed up maybe uh, six months ago or so now. I, I've been. Yeah, you, you guys were one of the first. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're one of, I think, is it 15 teams of two? Uh, competing in yeah, the- we're gonna push. We're actually going to try and push for twenty teams. Um, oh, great! Yeah, so there'll be. Hey, it's, it's always. Um, so on body hope events, we always like to have a big range of experience. We've literally got you know former Olympians, you know elite triathletes, and then and then total newcomers. And we just find we find the mixture works really well because the elite guys like Brad can relax a bit and. Um, the rest of us, like Jeremy, can get inspired by. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> Jeremy. Look, Jeremy, in his defence, is actually a former elite athlete himself. He, he this is what he tells him anyway. He uh, a oh, former wow. elite rower, uh, a schoolboy rower in New Zealand, nearly made it to the Olympics. Um, but look, let's face it, there hasn't been. There, a was, huge... a, there was that. There was a long time ago, Brad. Um, that was a long, long time ago. But no, no, um, I've I, look, muscle memory last a long time. Well, that's it, mate, and. Uh, Tom, look, I've done a half marathon before. I, I think I've told you I've done a, a, a 3K ocean swim. I've just got to combine the two in one day yeah. on an island yeah. that's 40 degrees and on my birthday. So I'm really excited about it. Oh, wow. Well, on that, so can you yeah, give us a bit of an overview? 30, 35, of, is a good, 35 is a good age. Yeah. <laughs> Great, so, I wish I was. Can you give us an overview of what actually the swim run event includes? What, what is actually the event? It's, it's definitely not just, not just the... The race or, or the or the run, so to speak. We bring everyone together for a few days, and that gives the, the group a group a chance to connect and get to know each other. And that's always a really big part because you've got people coming. We've got people coming from um, the states, Europe, Australia, obviously New Zealand, Indonesia. So it's, we get a chance to, to connect as a group. And um, because we're all fundraising together, we get to see the impact we make on the ground, which is always a really big part of it. So. Obviously, a lot of triathlons or or, or marathons or half marathons, you, you turn up on race day, get your race bib and and off and the medal at the end, and off you go. And on our events, we yeah, we find that bringing everyone together to a beautiful location with a really great mix of people just works works great. And and so yeah, we we you know stay in the same hotels and and you know, eat together and, and and visit the community and see where the money goes, and then and then do the race and celebrate it and. Yeah, it's the race itself. Yeah, is approximately a half marathon of running and three kilometres of swimming. And, and swim run is, is broken up, so it's not it's not a run and then a swim or a swim. It's you run and then you get into the water and you swim across to the next island and run across that island. So it's just it's a sport that really connects participants to nature. Uh, it's a sport with an amazing history, actually. 
from Sweden. It's quite a new sport, but it's just, yeah, it's really, it's all about connecting to nature and a team effort. And yeah, it will be quite hot, actually, Jeremy. So um, you're right on that one. Thanks. But it's, yeah, <laughs> we think it's accessible for, you know, it's everybody finished last time and we had real newcomers on the team. So we know, we know it's doable. And then the fast guys can go fast and because you talk about the fast well, guys, like uh, when when Jeremy first uh, was keen on signing up. Do you for this have event, to tell the story? He was like, "Oh, we're, we're a big chance of winning this." Thing. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. What did you I say? said, <laughs> if, we, "If we're gonna do it, I want to win it." That's right. Yeah. And Brad was like, <laughs> "Brad's like, look, Jeremy, I hate to tell you this, but uh, I just want to finish with you with a smile on your face." <laughs> No offence, you're not going to win nothing. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I recognise we, we were going to, we will, we will be up against some very elite athletes, like you talked about, the Olympians and the elite triathletes that we will be up against. And, um, yeah, it's not going to be easy at all. <laughs> so, does... No, no it's, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We can tweak the route from last year. Last year we started the race from a catamaran a little bit out to sea. I think we'll start the race again from a boat so everybody jumping off the boat and, and swimming into the islands but we're going to move the boat I think into a lagoon and then there's one decent hill which is probably about two, three hundred metres elevation what? and sorry there's, yeah, he- there's hills yeah there's a hill there's one hill <laughs> quite a punchy hill actually but wow. you do get more, a really nice view at the top there's more mountains so, than hills there's more mountains you wouldn't know what mountains are mate you Aussie <laughs> um, Tom can I go back to it so where did the sport originate from originally came from Sweden and it it literally started with four guys in a pub and, and um, a bet. The story goes that four guys are in a pub kind of winter time in Sweden. They have a bet that after a few beers that they will cross this archipelago of islands, which is eight islands, I think. I think 12k of swimming and 60k of running across these eight islands. Wow. And they come back the next weekend to do it. And they, they all finished. And then the sports, and that's how the sport started quite, I think about 12 years ago. 12 years ago? And then ago. it's become, wow. yeah, it's really, and it's now, I think it's the fastest growing global endurance sport. Oh. And the big, and the big world championship is called Otillo or Otillo. Yeah, Otillo, I think it's probably. pronounced, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that just happened actually, the 2019 world championship. So now there's, yeah, they're everywhere. There's yeah, New Zealand, Australia. Um, I think we were the first in Southeast Asia, but yeah, it's, it's it's just a, it's just a really funky sport, and and the team element's nice. And yeah, because generally multi sport yeah, is very it, much an individual sport. Like it's you the you the person doing the swim or the bike or the run all all involved. And but certainly uh, swim run is is very unique in that I think all of them are are, are essentially a, a two person team, and they have mixed teams and obviously single sex. But yeah, it's it's a global it's a phenomenon. It's massive in Scandinavian countries. Like they're superstars over there, and it's probably just in the last few years that it's come to I guess Australia and New Zealand and. And, uh, and but even still in Australia, there's only a couple of swim run events in in New Zealand. Yeah, the, the there's a big one in Rottenness. Yeah, big one in Rottenness, and New Zealand seems to be a great venue just just with the landscapes they've got there. But yeah, it's, it's, people seem to love it, and it's definitely less kind of technical than triathlon. It's mm. yeah, it's a bit more rough and ready. Mm. Um, there's a few rules like you can take different bits of equipment like hand paddles and floats but you have to run with them so you, you can't just leave things on the course you have to finish with what you start oh, I'm definitely using hand paddles <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that and I'll be using every bit of uh, technical equipment to get and look I think the tether will be one technical bit of a apparatus that'll be used as well Like it's, and they're actually used like I think historically in, in the Scandinavian races they used them to sort of help boulder each other as in getting in and out of the water 
water because often you're dealing with slippery rocks and, and like crashing exactly. waters under rocks. Whereas obviously in Bali, it'll be a different story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for you and me, it's going to be slightly different. <laughs> when, when I'm on my back and you're taking me through uh, the most beautiful countryside, it'll be, it'll be amazing. Tom? Yeah, so- no, it's definitely not as wild as the, as the Swedish races. Yeah, it's kind of crystal clear water and... Um, and uh, not so many waves on Lombongan. So, yeah, so, so the, obviously the location for our, our race is Lombongan, which is part of this kind of two or three island peninsula, about half an hour off Bali to the south. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great location for the for the swim run because there's two islands in, in our route. And also, obviously, it's a great location for the for the impact work because, because the islands are so small, we think if we can make a difference with the recycling and the waste management there, then we can get a template to then take to other places. So yeah, it works it works great for a for a spin run event and um and fits well with our kind of broader impact. So So let's let's talk about that impact. So it's not all about just watching Jeremy and I run around in uh, in some liker and and try to try to survive. It's actually uh, for a good cause, isn't it? And so, do you, can you sort of describe that sort of, I guess, the the, the real reason behind the swim run event? Yeah. So all the all party hope events, we try to identify community we think we can support in this. So yeah, going back. So I was living in Bali, and, and the plastics issue is becoming more and more in my face. And and our charity partners do two things on Lumbong, and they they manage and, and fund environmental awareness education for the kids population about 10,000 so if you can get to you know a thousand children a year you can make a pretty big cultural impact in terms of you know people's behavior on the ground quite quickly and they also support a local community project called Friends of Mbongan which funds a recycling plant on the island you know really kind of tiny thing but it's growing up it's building slowly and then a waste management system so it's a really brilliant grassroots kind of human level project you know i really like that because you can you can physically see where the money goes and you can see the impact and really get engagement so yeah it just it works works really well obviously as you guys i'm sure know better than me that it's yeah it's a slow process and, and you've got to try and be there for a few years to to get the investment in the right places and, and make the difference but that's the kind of broad picture of what we're trying to do and so it's not as simple as Jeremy and I paying a registration fee and and all that money going to some sort of big conglomerate like Iron Man or something like that. It actually goes to these charity partners, um, which is fantastic. Yes, yeah, so the, yeah, so the way yes, yeah, so the way we manage it is we obviously we have a, so my stage station enterprise organises the event, does the event marketing and the event production and puts the events on, and then all our participants fundraise and the fundraising goes to charity. So we separate it out that way, but but yeah, I mean, to participate in our events, you have to fundraise um, for the charity um, to a certain amount, and yeah, and then they on the event they're very much involved, and they're there to organise um, our visits to the re- recycling centre and to the schools, and, and yeah, they're, and their community. So we really we get a really nice sense of a welcome from the community because the, because the locals know that we're there, they know that we're making a difference for them and helping them. So it's a really nice kind of sense of collaboration, actually. And, and, um, so, and so what is, the, what is the key difference you're trying to achieve with the fundraising? So obviously some funds will be raised, but how will that money be spent? What is the key goal you were trying to achieve? The context of Lumbongan is population 10,000. A generation ago, uh, the island was pretty much off the map. The main ways the locals earned a living was seaweed farming, fishing, 
other activities. And so the education wasn't a big thing. The you know the so the so the current generation running that island just have never really you know, necessarily been to school or have a bigger context of, of how to protect their island from the plastics crisis. So so half the money is being invested in educating the new generation that's coming up at the moment. And we'll be taking over all the local businesses, all the local restaurants, bars, hotels. That generation taking over will have an understanding of how to manage business sustainably, how to minimize you know, pollution, minimize plastics use, really just understand sustainability. So there's, so there's a cultural change on the island. And then the other half of the funds go to the recycling center and the waste management, so waste collection and prevention of waste going into the ocean. So kind of 50% infrastructure and 50% education. And I think that's a good mix because what you really want is for the change to be driven by by the local population. So, yeah, that, that's where the money goes. The recipient of the fund is Bali Children Foundation, who award-winning Australian registered charity, also registered in Indonesia. And their founder's been in Bali for 20-plus years and just really knows how to how to execute and how to build relationships with the community and ensure that the money is spent in really intelligent ways. And, and we partner with, with them on, on our Bali Hope Ultramarathon. And, yeah, they've, it's really impressive what they've done. Um, and it's one of those organizations with very low overheads. They're not funding a fancy office. A high, high proportion of the funds go, go where it's supposed to go. So, yeah, they're a great partner. And, and you'll meet the founder when you come over. She's just one of the OAM or... Some, some big uh, award from the government for her work. So, yeah, she's a really impressive lady and a great partner. So, so and then they distribute the funds to the local community project um, and they've got all, all the kind of systems for, you know, accountability and auditing. And, yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, great partner. So as part of competing in the event, obviously we do the... the well, that's actually, sorry, that's yeah. what I'm about to say. Mm. We may not win the event, <laughs> but we are going to raise the most amount of money. Really? So we've set a lofty goal, as you and I sort of tend to do, of $20,000. I think so far we've raised $15 out of that $20,000, but with three months to go, we'll really start to ram it up. So what are the, the, the hopes and aspirations as far as a dollar amount, Tom? I mean, there's 15 teams. What is it, five grand each? What, what are you sort of looking for on average per team? You know, we're looking for um, upwards of three, four thousand per team, and you know, with, always with these events, there's you know, there's different um, people have different networks and different different abilities. But yeah, we're hoping we're hoping to push to a hundred thousand is our target. Well, what's what's and, the biggest amount raised by a single team? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so actually, it's a good question. On the ultramarathon this year. We raised one hundred and sixty-four thousand. Wow! But, yeah, and the team team that did the most was. I think twenty four thousand. Twenty four thousand, Bradley. Yeah, twenty four thousand. That was a yeah. I think they might have cheated because they did get one check for twenty thousand from a trust. For a, for oh, a, that's what do you mean they might? Trust. Come on, Tom. That is cheating. So just to clarify, yeah, so this is. A, this is this is an event that's really I think, new. Like it's only two years. Is it the second year that you ran the ultra? Yeah, so the ultra marathon wow. is in year two. The first year we raised sixty-eight. The second year we raised one hundred and sixty-four. We're aiming to top two hundred next year. The swim run. First year we we raised I think thirty-four, thirty-five. And um, yeah, if we can double that, then that would be amazing. It's a bit. I think fundraising is interesting because if you're fundraising for children. 
children's future is just, you know, people can identify with that really quickly. The, the impact we're making is obviously both education and but mainly focused on the environment. So it's a little bit of a different narrative. And I think the fundraising is going to be powerful because it's going to be spent in a really strategic way and it's all about long-term impact for a whole island. The fundraising is going to help develop a template for how to protect a small island from mm. pollution and, and protect the ocean in that way. And obviously, having you guys donate and protect those is going to be amazing because you know, your insights and expertise will be you know, listened to a lot. And then if we can get that template developed, we can then take it to other islands. And obviously, Indonesia, with this, with its 50,000 islands, or I think it's, was it 10,000? I'm not sure. But um, then you can take the template to other places and get you know, companies to invest in projects that they know are going to work. So, yeah, the, the vision's big. And obviously, it starts with you guys getting your lights on. Yeah, more than happy to do that. Look, I just, I'm just keen to get an idea of, I guess, the status quo of the pollution issue in Lambong. Yeah. So, like you talk about how sure, we're, they're sure. going to be running, raising funds for, uh, and part of the funds will be used for infrastructure. What is the current yeah. waste management infrastructure like at uh, Lambongan? I mean, I, I probably, I'd say three, four years ago, almost non-existent. So it would have been a kind of basket outside a restaurant. Everyone, everyone throws their rubbish in that, and then it gets maybe taken to a, a dump and burnt. That was... On the island. That was where it was. Yes, it was super basic. So literally just burning, just either thrown on the side of the road or put into a basket and then eventually burned. And unfortunately, there's still some of that going on. There's a big kind of dump in the mangrove swamp, which you'll see, which is a bit of a scene from hell. So, so just to clarify, and, so there's waste material dumped in a mangrove swamp... Yeah, it just comes down to the fact that there isn't a lot of local government. There isn't the kind of guys coming around to collect it. And that has just never existed, especially on really small islands like this. It's just never really been there. I guess 50 years ago, they, they didn't have any plastic. They didn't have really have any waste. They just lived a much more sustainable lifestyle. And so the tourist boom has brought with it, obviously, products that, that um, Westerners like that are made of plastic and there was just traditionally no no way to cope with it because it never really it's not indigenous it's been brought in I guess by people by me you know it's by by westerners basically um, um, Tom our, um, uh, our good friend Mr Ace uh, Bucken Australian legend surfer he uh, spent a lot of time in Bali and uh, I just picked up on your comment then. Yeah, the Westerners have come in and, and the, the Indonesian people give offerings um, uh, as a part of their way of life and they used to give, you know, natural products and, they, you know, they throw them down the rivers but now they're throwing away Mentos's and, and, and plastic mm. in, in their, in their exactly. daily offerings and it really is, it's consumer-driven. It's us, the Westerners, have come in and gone, hey, look at all this cool stuff, and they just don't know any better. It's, um, yeah, I guess it's up to yeah, us. Yeah, I, I guess we're, the Western world have brought our consumer patterns and behaviours to places like Asia, and unfortunately the infrastructure just isn't there to support our wasteful yeah, habits. Yeah, super frustrating because you, you, living in Bali for four or five years, you see there's been an explosion in these kind of 7-Eleven type stores, which are just packed full of, FMCG, just plastic wrap products and shampoo products in tiny, in, in daily use sachets. And you're right, the offerings, you know, barley every day, there's millions of prayer offerings put outside every, every home every day. And a lot of them include maybe a cigarette, actually, or for the gods, or, you know, little plastic wrap candies that sadly just will go, will end up in the river or, and then the ocean. So 
there's just, there's just a kind of disastrous cultural mismatch between their sustainable way of life and our and our kind of horrible packaging and and the big companies and, and our way of life definitely has a part to play and, and on and bong and so going back to the question about the infrastructure yeah that, I mean that was four or five years ago that was probably what was going on there was no collection so so already friends of Limbong and, and Bali Children Foundation have set up a basic waste collection system so bins um, collection of the bins and then bringing a lot of the waste to the recycling centre so that's happening and it's quite well established and the recycling centre I think receives between one and two tonnes a, a week of waste. Um, but the island generates, I think, about five tonnes a week of waste. Oh, so, wow. you know, there's, there's still room for improvement in terms of the collection and um, the capacity of the recycling plant to then recycle. Um, so so the, obviously the immediate goal is to improve the collection and, and improve the recycling and then try and make the recycling just kind of sustainable or circular. So finding a way to either reuse or, or sell the waste. There's a bit of an economic challenge on the island there because you've got to ship the waste off the island, sell it, which increases the, the cost of it. And there's obviously a, bit, a bigger context with the recycling industry because what China's stopped taking waste and the market for, for recycled plastics not not so strong. And So anyway, so there's, there's definitely part of it. A future vision is to introduce some circularity into the into the bong, and so reusing waste into products, and mm. and obviously minimising usage. So, and so different angles, but the basics is basically improving waste collection, and then improving the capacity to recycle it and manage. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And so that's the infrastructure focus, so waste collection yeah. uh, and sort of handling and, I guess, processing and recycling. But obviously there's an educational exactly. arm to the charities as well. So uh, and I, and I'm guessing is that really focused on reducing, I guess, plastic usage and, and encouraging people to sort of do the right thing and put it in the bin? Is that is that how it... Yeah, I mean, really, yeah, yeah really straightforward, really straightforward thing. So just connecting the dots of the island's economy is now t- totally dependent on tourism and connecting the dots between dropping the ice cream wrapper on the street outside the school affects the island's you know, future economy and, and trying to make sure that message is very clear for the new generation, which I think they actually get. They get really well. But is it, and, is it, Tom, is it just the locals or the tourists like the, you know, no offence, Brad, but the Aussies go up to Kozarakis and Bali, you know, get me <laughs> flip-flops out. You know, is that, is, no, is it, is it a tourist 
thing as well. I mean, are the tourists that good at, you know, um, recycling or putting stuff in the bin? I mean, is that a problem or is it just the locals? I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, the, the big challenge with the tourism side is, is a couple of thousand tourists arrive on the island each day. And a lot, and they obviously, a lot of them bring, you know, will bring with them a plastic bottle or, or just, you know, products that, that they then put in the bin on the island. So there's this a lot of waste being taken onto the island, which which needs to be managed. And yeah, of course, there's British, Australian, Western tourists. I hear the Kiwis, I hear the New Zealand tourists are the worst, though. Is that right? Is that key? Are we talking about cricket? So, um, and also, I think China's a lot more Chinese tourism, and, and maybe there's you know cultural thing there too. But tourists definitely, you know, we're all guilty. But the education is focused is really focused on the local kids because they're the ones who are going to be running the island. And so we're trying to build up their capacity mm. to, to, you know, to run their islands, how they want to do it, how they want to do that, mm. because there just wasn't the capacity before. Yeah, that's the education side. And then involving the kids in beach cleanups and getting them to mm. take more control of their local environment. So we, we do a big beach cleanup on the last day of the event with our other partner, which is Parley the Oceans, which is the, just a big um, ocean cleanup. I've never been to Bali or Lambongan. So what is the plastic pollution situation like? What is the ocean like? Mate, sorry, before Tom explains, it is mind-blowing. It is mind-blowing the amount of pollution in the creeks and obviously the rivers and ultimately the oceans. I mean, you go out for a surf or a swim and depending on the currents, depending on, you know, if it's had rainfall, I mean, Tom, back me up, it's, 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 it's 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 horrible, really, isn't it, mate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. So, some days it, it is um, literally unbelievable. I especially around the rainy season because that's when a lot of the obviously the rains come and a lot of plastic gets swept into the rivers and then down to the ocean. So the rainy season is the worst, and it's extraordinary. I remember, I remember being on a beach on Bali and pretty small beach, maybe two hundred meters across. And there were five late, local ladies cleaning the beach, and I thought, "Oh, that's great! They'll be, you know, they'll be cleaning up. They'll be done in an hour." And there were, you know, all five of them sweeping the beach, and they were there all day. And at the end of the day, the pile of plastic bottles that they swept up was probably taller than me, and it just kept coming in. Wow. It was like a, every wave was just bringing in new plastic because it was rainy season. It was it was crazy. This was probably two years ago. The island's waking up, I and mean, they passed laws against single-use plastic. They banned plastic bags, so there's small steps, but there's a big difference between passing a law and, and seeing that law implemented. So it's a long way to go. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, you kind of almost have to shut yourself off to it. Otherwise, it's, it is pretty depressing. But at the same time, you do realise that if people do change their behaviour, then then you can make a difference pretty quick. So the problem is pretty serious. But I, I guess there were things like you know, banning smoking in in bars and restaurants, when that happened, it just it happened really quick. So when people do change behaviours, things things can change quickly. So yeah, and and one thing we we find here, which is you know it's the same everywhere around the world. Sure, laws pass, but it does take a while for people to actually mm. abide by those mm. laws. So you know, yeah. like down here in Australia and New Zealand and and, and and even Western world, there's laws to treat your stormwater, but people still find a way to get around it. Yeah. Um, people, you know, still break the law all the time. Let alone, you know, a, a little island with ten thousand people. You know, oh geez, they you know they've got no infrastructure in place, and that's just one island. You know, mm. the five tons of of rubbish. Or 
or, mm. or pollution on a weekly basis. Is that right, Tom? Mm. Five ton a week. Yeah. Combine that by how yeah. many islands are in Indo? I mean, it's you, you start to see the magnitude of it. And you know, someone said to me the other day, "Why the hell are you going over to Bali? You know, to to help them clean up their plastic pollution problem?" And I'm like, "Well." Because well, something like eighty five percent of of marine pollution comes from you know um, Southeast Asia, and if we can change one island and as you say, Tom, create a template to then go to other islands and 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 and, and really make a difference. Well, mate, we're willing. I'm not sure about winning the race, but you know, we'll we'll really make a difference. Yeah, I think exactly. I think you just have to do what you can with what you've got, and there's no perfect solution. I think government really has to get it back together, and and on the, on the legislation side. But in the meantime, you just have to have to get involved and, and do something. And as you know, I I think it's I think collective activities are more are more powerful than individual. I mean, you know, I've stopped. I've tried to stop using plastic bottles and and do my bit on that front. But you know, I think you bring a group together, you can really do something more meaningful and 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 get the message out as well. So. But also, um, massive, massive change only ever happens as a result of the uh, actions of a, of motivated individuals. And it's amazing how, like you, you said, how you've done the the Bali Ultra Run. I think a couple of years ago, uh, and raised a bunch of cash. And then the next year, you raised, I think it was one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And who knows what you're going to raise next year? And then the ten years after that, like you got to, you got to, uh, I guess, you know. The actions of one individual, such as yourself, and you mentioned the other sort of partner, I think it was Mark Barry you were referring to, um, yeah. involved in the Bali Children Foundation. You know, you guys are achieving amazing things. And as a, as a result of your actions, you, you're gathering momentum. You're, you're all of a sudden bringing all these crazy swim run people and ultra running people together, raising and me. a bunch of cash for a really fantastic cause. And whilst uh, I think uh, the plastic pollution problem on Lamb- Lambongan Island and Bali can be very depressing, is also it's also a, a, a problem that can actually be solved, and as we as we've yeah, sort of demonstrated exactly, yeah. with appropriate education, for some infrastructure, and some appropriate enforcement of appropriate laws, etc., we can actually make a significant difference. And I think that, for my mind, is a great positive. We can take that momentum and roll it around all the islands around Indonesia. Well, I want to know, Tom, are you running? You know what? I, I'd love to. I just. As the race director, I have to hold the clipboard <laughs> and, and wear the hide jacket. <laughs> and actually, actually, while, um, we're, while, while we're talking about this, Tom, what type of get-up do we have to wear? Like, I'm, I'm seeing these guys, is, are, are they special swim-run shoes that you wear? Like, even Brad doesn't know, and Brad... Shouldn't I've I? never done a swim run event before. I've well, done so a lot what, of triathlons. So I've never like, done d- one of these. Yeah. Because we're, you know, we're actually go obviously pretty intensely into our training. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How's your training looking, Jeremy? <laughs> oh mate, I'm, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. No, no. But seriously. Um, do we just wear any shoes we want? Because it seems like from all the sort of media coverage that you're getting, people have got these special sort of shoes with socks on. Can you just run us through what we actually wear, Tom? Yeah, so fast draining shoes is the key. So shoes that, that lose water quickly. The swimming in shoes is the most kind of challenging part. So the shoes that lose water quickly is important. And then there's the you know the hand paddles and the float, the other two bits of key bits of equipment um, alongside the tether. Um, we'll, we'll be sending out a bit, you know, kind of more details guide on on kit, but but they're the three main things. So, do I 
do we go out and buy this stuff now? Because, I mean, I, obviously <laughs> with all the Ks I've been doing in the pool. <laughs> I okay, I'm going to take it, Tom. I, Jeremy and I went to the swim shop the other day and we actually bought Jeremy's per, first pair of swimming, swimming togs. Obviously, you can get the the, 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 the budgie smugglers, you know, the, the briefs or speedos as they're called here. And Jeremy's gone for the yep. sort of uh, hip to knee, I think we call them jammers in, in Australia. So basically, they're very yep. conservative uh, and they're... Jeremy's swimmers are predominantly black with a little bit of a streak of fluoride down the side. And I said to him, these are the, probably the least Larry swimmers I've seen at this pool. They're, they're called funky trunks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what, we might do, I think we'll do a special award for the best, um, the best outfit. So oh, goodness. Maybe, maybe you guys, if you don't win the race, Jeremy, maybe you can win that. Jer- Jeremy's asked about equipment, but I, one thing I've been saying to Jeremy is that he might have to have to consider shaving his legs and uh, arms and body. Well, what's, the, what's the verdict there, Tom? <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's very good advice, actually, Brad. I, I think that's oh, I, you know, <laughs> if someone's not if someone's not doing the full the full body shape, then you know they're, oh. they're not taking it seriously. <laughs> nah, no, does anyone, no. Does anyone want a rug made? Or? <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? Oh. There's very good. Actually, there's brilliant. There's a very good waxing shop. Just um, oh, just oh, I will pay money <laughs> with a camera. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you, we've got to wonder how many people would actually give significant donations oh, to no. see Jeremy waxed. <laughs> no, what? We're going to fundraise? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Tom, get you to oh, easy. I tell you what, Jeremy, I will chip in $100 to, if you can actually get yourself waxed and I and someone gets to film that we put on Instagram. 100 bucks, mate. Is that yeah. all you got, mate? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay, I mean, 200 that's my final <laughs> offer. Oh, look, all fun and games. Nice back and crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be worth a few more. We're, we're open for donations. So obviously we'll be putting this podcast episode on our on our, on our various uh, podcast avenues. Obviously we'll promote it on social media, et cetera. But if anyone has some ideas on various ways we can actually raise some additional funds, oh, God, we are why, all ears. Why, why have I done this? Yeah, I think that people's brains are being fired up right now. So <laughs> it's a good idea. Tom, um, obviously, uh, Brad thinks he's pretty influential down here in Australia. Uh, <laughs> but how do we? If you if you've got interest for five more teams, I mean, do you want us to try and help you find five more teams? What uh, what's your plan of attack there? Yeah, there's still spaces. So so, so, so um, how do people find yeah. out? Like, so for, if people are interested in, in participating in the in the event, how do they find out more information? Super simple. So our website, which is Bali Hyphen Hope dot com slash swim run and then we put on instagram body hope ultra and facebook body hope ultra so yeah all the, all the details are there and, and super simple process just you know apply and 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 make sure you know the you know the fundraising commitment and it's you know it's a spectacular three you know, few days it's um it's you know everyone comes together great hospitality great accommodation challenging race um see the impact we make yeah just got some lovely people from from newcomers coming from the States. And then we've got Indonesia's top supermodel coming. He came, came last year. And so, we, yeah, really, it's like a good eclectic, good eclectic um, mix of people. And, um, Hang on, backtrack a little got, bit, Tom. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeremy's so, just falling so, yeah, off his chair. Mate, I'm just waiting for him to... No, no, I haven't <laughs> fallen off my chair. So, and, um, yeah, we've just, yeah, we've got two new um, elite teams coming. We've got a we're going to have a Speedo-sponsored team and a Hawker-sponsored team, so um, Brad, will, Brad will get some competition from them. And, um, Hang on. 
place. Come on. <laughs> so you're starting to realize what I deal with on a daily basis. Tom. And I think we've got, we've got, I think we've got a father son team and a, and a father daughter team. You know, it's, it's a, it's a family vibe. It's, um, it's not taken too seriously, but obviously, you know, the guys that want to, want to push themselves, get a chance to do that. So, well, I, I, I do have one suggestion, and I, well, really, it's a prerequisite, Tom. <laughs> um, we've got to have a beer afterwards because it is my birthday. I mean, I don't think I've ever done anything quite so stupid on my birthday. Well, I probably have. But, <laughs> but really, what's the go for uh, after we finish? Do we all have a nice dinner, a few beers? Because yeah, that's exactly. what I'll be doing. So, so, um, hospital. Actually, so, so we've got. <laughs> so we have a big. We have a celebration dinner on the final night after the race at this, yeah, really stunning villa overlooking the Sandy Bay. It's called right by Sandy Bay Beach Club. There's this private villa that we, we're going to use for dinner. So, yeah, we're going to have a really nice just team sit-down dinner, some cold beers, um, a beautiful Lombongan sunset, and uh, you can celebrate your victory over a cold Bintang. And, and I, need, I need to clarify, I need, I need your advice here, Tom. So obviously I've been doing triathlons for a long time, but Jeremy yeah. uh, Jeremy promised me he'd start training six months ago and he hasn't done too much. So he's got three months. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got three months. Don't you worry about me, mate, you know. So I'm just asking for Tom for advice and I want you to listen very carefully. <laughs> what, is, what is your advice for Jeremy over the next few months? What should he be doing? I think 80, I think eighty percent of it will come down to the waxing. I think that's going to be the. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything else is just the margin. I think if he gets a good a good wax on, he'll yeah, that'll probably not ten percent off his time. And um, yeah, I think maybe practicing. I don't know, maybe practicing um, what it's like to be pulled. I don't know, pulled by Brad. Yeah, well, this is true. But one thing I do want to do is actually start practicing swimming and then running because apparently that's the real hard part. This is the big thing. So I have, whilst I haven't done swim run events before, I have done aquathlon events. So that generally is a run, swim, run event. The biggest issue that I've found historically with run, swim uh, events is when you're swimming, all the blood's in your upper body and when you come to run, it rushes down to your lower body and when you try and then try to swim again it really throws you out a a lot and it actually can be very very exhausting but particularly the hardest thing for my mind is running and then swimming because run uh, the blood sort of seems to just move quicker so slower to the upper body so you're really Mm -hmm. leg heavy um, coming off the run I'm sweating and you go to jump in the water and basically your arms don't work as well as they really should which means swimming is very very difficult Um, so I think if I was to give Jeremy any advice and whether he'd listen to me or not, who remains to be seen, it could be a first. But I would be practicing yeah, a transition, uh, transition mate, training. Mate, uh, do you know what? If anything, you should be practicing twice as hard knowing you're going to pull me. <laughs> so get to bloody work. Does the, do, do the, do the equipment include like a knife just to cut that tether? <laughs> oh, I've already got one. Don't worry about it. Uh, hey, look, um, Tom, mate, uh, I'd, I'd like to say that I'm looking forward to actually meeting you. Um, uh, uh, but that's not true um, because when we arrive at Bali, uh, it means it'll be sort of serious time. But, mate, what an effort for, for an expat that came to Indo who, geez, wanted to do something. Mate, I take, take my hat off to you, mate. There's, there's, we need more individuals like you. Um, Brad said before, 
you know, you know, big change comes from individuals, and I'm really stoked that we're a part of it. Um, have we? Have I started training late? Yes. Um, <laughs> have we started fundraising late? Yes. But I guarantee, by the time we get there, I'll finish it with a smile on my face, which is which is the main aim, and we will raise as much money as we can. And look, uh, I guess from from our point of view, we just really want to say, hey. Thank you very much for creating this. Can't wait to get over there. Can't wait to be a part of it. Um, and, you know, you're inspiring Brad and I to give it a go. And, and anyone else that's out there listening, whether you get in this race uh, or, you know, the next ultra marathon or, you know, get involved, get behind Bali Hope because it's, a, it's an amazing course. And there's a number of ways you can get involved. Obviously, you can jump on the Bali Swim Run uh, website and try to, uh, sorry, register and uh, put your application in and, and be nice to Tom and he might uh, find you a spot. You can obviously do the Bali ultra run uh, later on in the year but also if you want to get involved hey you can uh, swing some dollars to the uh, uh, the fundraising that Jeremy and I are sort of uh, trying to uh, how, how much have we raised so far well Brad? I'm just looking at our uh, Bali Swim Run 2019 charity page yeah. and you can find this by just essentially googling Jeremy and Brad take on Bali Hope Swim Run 2019 how much money have we raised we have raised a total of $11.47 yes <laughs> <laughs> so look uh, we've got a long way to go, but obviously for our uh, many listeners out there, we would very much appreciate any sort of uh, donations uh, that you would be willing to uh, give uh, the charities, obviously. And if you have any suggestions about uh, ways in which we can actually, if there's any challenges you want us to, to, uh, to do to sort of maybe raise a bit more money, you know, filming Jeremy getting himself whacked as one example. See, this is the thing, you do, we don't need to give Brad money because he does that by himself the whole time, you know. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Hickman. Well, mate, uh, I have to say this has been one of our fu- one of our funnier chats. Um, mate, thank you very much for taking the time to, to come on our little podcast. I'm sure we're going to be in touch. Um, you know, obviously leading up to the event, mate. But uh, thanks for waking up. Where, oh, where, are you, where are you at the moment? No, it's been a pleasure. I'm in the UK. I'm, I'm actually flying out to New Zealand in, in a, about ten days to setting up an ultramarathon in New Zealand to uh, raise some money for the on the back of the Christchurch events last year so, or this year. So, oh, great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on a plane quite a lot but uh, no hey guys I'm so so happy you guys are part of it and and when I back in I think February when you when you guys got involved it was just brilliant to see two guys doing you know amazing work for the oceans already get involved in this event so can't wait to say hello and um have that have that cold beer after 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 the race. Well, as as a uh, as a uh, side note, Tom, I was actually born in Christchurch, uh, and I'm actually heading back there tomorrow night. So, are you going to Christchurch? Is that is that what I heard? The route of the race we're planning is Akara to Christchurch, 51 miles. So, I'm I'm kind of driving down and meeting people on the way. We've got an amazing Kiwi athlete involved, called Lisa Tamati, and we're raising money for the Red Cross. So, yeah, first time to New Zealand. Can't wait. I'm going to going to um, drive north to south and, and um, be Christchurch probably the first week of October. Well, look, I mean, as a side chat, um, if there's anything I can do to help, um, obviously uh, I was born there, went to school there, loved the place, it's my hometown, it's been a bit of, uh, Christchurch has had a tough time. And you know what? Brad and I might enjoy this one, we might sign up for the next one, you never know. Back to I minute. So, I so. Well, you know, um, that's the main thing. I'm sure you guys have a brilliant time and, and clearly you'll... Um, you're going to bring a brilliant sense of humour and um, energy to the event and the team. So, yeah, so, so happy to have you guys involved and, and 
have Ocean Protect as a, as a partner of this. So thanks so much. Yeah, Tom, and thanks thanks so much for, I guess, letting us come along to this event. Uh, and look, all I can say is uh, I cannot wait to uh, participate and drag uh, Jeremy, sorry, butt around the course and we'll see how we go. But look, at, least, uh, at, least it'll be, at least it'll be waxed. <laughs> <laughs> Very well. But look, thanks again, Tom. And all I can say is keep up the great work. You're doing incredible work and it's fantastic. It's really inspiring to hear. Thanks, guys. Great to talk. Have a, have a great day. Cheers, mate. See you, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.